big leap of faith to follow where God was calling me. I left my home and my loved ones in New York City, sold some of my belongings, and set out on a journey west. The first order of business on the day that I left was to wake up early and take the train to New Jersey, where I was most likely to find a rental car company with a minivan with stow-and-go seats. After a 45-minute drive back to my apartment, praying the whole way I'd get a parking space on 21st Street, I spent the next two hours with incredibly gracious volunteers from church, helping me carry my stuff down from my third floor walk-up and pack it, Tetris style, into the back of the minivan. By the time we finished, nothing else could possibly fit in the van, and each volunteer had inherited something that didn't make the final cut. Now just over three hours into my 24-hour rental, and yes, the time mattered as my bank account stared into the abyss of three years of the expensive seminary, I prepared to set out on the 12-hour drive to my hometown, where I would unload the stuff and spend a few weeks with my family before making the rest of the journey to California. I started the car, pulled out into the street, and before I made it to the end of the block, the windshield wipers switched on without my instruction. Well, that was weird, I thought, but I proceeded to turn on to 10th Avenue. I wasn't even halfway to the Lincoln Tunnel when the windshield wipers started again, but this time with an accompanying ding. The third time it happened, the windshield wipers started, ding, and the entire indicator panel went dead. So to recap, I had a van so full of stuff that I couldn't see out the rearview mirror in Manhattan traffic. And without an indicator panel, I had no idea how fast I was going or how much gas was in the tank. I knew switching out the van for another wouldn't be a simple task. Not to mention, I'd have to unload and reload all of my stuff. Either bravely, or stupidly, or some combination, I drove on despite the obstacles. Every minute or two, for the next 12 and a half hours, a ding accompanied a swipe of the windshield. And not one drop of rain fell from the sky. I laughed a lot that day about the absurdity of the situation, and I still laugh now when I think about it. What a fantastic metaphor for following Jesus to seminary. No indicator panel or rear view, and an increasingly blurred windshield as the rubber wore down over the wipers <laughs> over 12 hours. It's the 21st century first world equivalent of Peter's question in today's gospel. Look. We have left everything and followed you. What more do you want from us, Jesus? The life God calls us into as followers of Jesus is not easy. We are asked to make choices that don't make much sense to the outside world. We see one example of that in this morning's gospel passage. A man runs up to Jesus, desperately wanting to know how he could obtain eternal life. When Jesus tells him to give away everything he has, the man chooses to walk away rather than part with his wealth. I kept the commandments. Isn't that enough? We can almost hear him saying, what more do you want from me, Jesus? 
How many of you feel like that this morning? That you're ticking the boxes, doing what you have to do to keep your boss happy, trying to take care of everything at home, loving your family as best you can, supporting loved ones with health issues or maybe battling for your own health, keeping up with the bills, maintaining calm and civility when confronted with opinions different from yours, being content with your own situation when the grass sure looks greener in your neighbor's yard. And then there's church. What I've learned about this congregation over the past year is that you give and you give and you give. The community meal, fifth Sunday food collection, altar guild, flower guild, coffee hour, sock collection, tables and chairs for the homeless breakfast, Christmas toys for kids who need them, backpacks full of supplies for school. How many of you host wildly imaginative party of parties? The enormous effort that goes into the Peddler's Fair for over half a century now Sierra Service Project for the Youth. And of course, transforming the sanctuary into a magical wonderland for the kids to enjoy a week of Kids Vacation Academy. This is an incredibly faithful, generous community. And yet, this morning's gospel seems to say it isn't enough. You've kept all the commandments? Great. Now give away everything you own. Seriously? What more do you want from us, Jesus? Both the rich man and Peter have remarkably contemporary perspectives. Life in the 21st century West is incredibly transactional. I do this for you, and I expect something in return. We pay for services. $10 a month for streaming entertainment, $20 an hour for a babysitter, $175 for 45 minutes of therapy. Time is money. The rich man refused to part with his wealth, which enabled him to purchase everything except what mattered most. Peter left his home and his family, and he expected something in return. Both express exasperation that they haven't done enough, that they actually can't do enough to be saved. We can never do enough to be saved. And that's exactly the point. The good news is our salvation, our full and complete acceptance as beloved children of God, doesn't rest on anything we can buy or accomplish. God's got this one. For God, everything is possible, including our ultimate reconciliation to God. The writer of Hebrews tells us that because Jesus, the Son of God, came to live and walk among humanity, he understands how hard it can be to try to accomplish all the tasks we have on the to-do lists of our lives. Jesus understands that no matter how much we want to love our families well and do good work, we're always going to fall short. We're always going to let God and each other and ourselves down. But that is not the end of the story. God loves us so much and deeply desires to be in relationship with us. That relationship with God is our salvation. And what sustains us 
through all the commitments we make as followers of Jesus. Relationship is the opposite of transaction. Relationship with God is pure gift, freely and selflessly given. Yes, relationship motivates us to do good for one another and for the source of that gift. But God loves us so unconditionally that God is open to relationship with us no matter what we do or don't do. God's mercy and grace are not a result of a complex equation involving X number of deeds on our part and God responding with a reward. Mercy and grace are gift, an abundant outpouring of God's love for us and God's relationship with us. Relationship also means that we're never alone. Whether you're driving across the country with, an, with no indicator panel or rear view, or you're sitting in a doctor's office waiting for test results, or your kid's teacher sent yet another note home about his behavior, or your boss added more to your workload than you can reasonably handle, you are not alone. God's got this. When we feel the tendency of exasperation creeping in, when we want to explain, exclaim, what more do you want from me, Jesus? Jesus lovingly replies, I want you. That's all. I just want you. <laughs>